0: All right, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Don here, and I am the senior pastor of Life Path Apostolic Agape House of Prayer. And I bring you greetings from on high. What an honor and a privilege to come before you on this day. I thank and praise God. I thank him for his majesty. For God is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And I thank the Lord Jesus for allowing us another day. To come into his presence. I thank and praise God for an opportunity to deliver to you a message that God has given. Amen. In this season and in this hour that we will be who he is calling for in these last and evil days. That God will equip us to walk holy, righteous, and upright. Well, today I am going to uh, do part two. Part two of the topic we've been talking about narcissism and why it is important that we as the body of Christ, we as family, we as individuals understand this spiritual stronghold and how it can be defeated. Amen. All right. So we got a lot of materials to get through on um, the last podcast. I tried to get through it, but it took me over an hour So midway through, I said, let me shift my approach. So I'm going to be honest with you. As many of these as it will take, I will do. And I admonish you to invest the time. Invest the time. Go back and listen when you have some time. And because these are audio uh, versions (coughs) of the message you can easily go back. When you're sitting in your car, turn it on and listen to it. When you're uh, taking your shower, when you're uh, cleaning the house, whatever you're doing in your spare time, you can listen to this word. It is imperative that we get it because God wants us to do better. Amen. All right. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for another opportunity to come before your throne and just to bask in your presence. We thank you for your majesty. We thank and celebrate you for all of the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us. We thank you for the gift of salvation. We thank and celebrate you today, Lord God, that we are walking in communion and relationship with you. We celebrate you, Lord God, for all of the things, Lord God, that you are doing in our lives in this season for the word that you are giving us as you lay the foundation, as you help us, Lord God, to be who you're calling for in these last and evil days. Oh, Father God, for we are the remnant within the remnant and we surrender ourselves to you. Now, Father God, we humbly ask, Lord God, that you will word my mouth Lord Jesus, that Your words will be delivered to Your people. Father God, I ask, Lord God, that You will hide me, that they will see You, and You alone. Father God, I thank and praise You that through Your loving kindness You have drawn them. Oh Father God, and for those who are under the sound of my voice, that You will meet every need. Father God, that everything that they stand in need of, Lord God, that You will meet their needs. I thank and praise You. I honor and adore You. And Jesus, precious and. Only name we pray. Thank God. Amen and amen. All right, y'all, we got to get into it now. I know y'all don't want to talk about it, but we got to talk about it. Listen, this is why it is imperative that we deal with this uh, spirit of narcissism because oftentimes it is made manifest through the spirit of Jezebel. It is often made manifest through the spirit of Jezebel. And we all know Jezebel hates the prophet. (laughs) That spirit hates the mouthpiece and the voice of God. And for for every truth that God has, the enemy tries to present a counterfeit. And so when we talk about Jezebel, I try to help people understand that Jezebel is attempting to simulate the authority of Jesus Christ, the authority of God, similar to Satan and and Baal, the the God that she worshipped. They were self-centered, and it was all about them. And not only that, they felt that they were superior to all. This is a dangerous place and a dangerous space to be in. Uh, typically, when people are dealing with and struggling through this narcissistic spirit, when it has a stronghold, that stronghold will cause the leading to a reprobate mind, a reprobate mind in the sense that these people most often will die and not be reconciled unto Christ because their self-centeredness their pride their ego will cause them to want to be uh gods like god and, and you can't make it to heaven like that <laughs> only one god is going to be in heaven amen and so one god uh three uh and and, and the tr- the Trinity. I don't know why I'm doing this stuttering, but anyway, thinking and talking at the same time. <laughs> um, but back to my point: any truth that God has, the enemy prepares and presents a counterfeit. So the power and the authority that Jezebel wanted to simulate is is an actual valid power and authority that God gives to those in authority and in and, and, and life. And so uh, the traits that we see through Jezebel of leading um, and uh, taking authority, those are traits that are also godly traits, but if utilized through manipulation and evil tactics it is of the enemy. So sometimes we see people who walk in great authority and walk in God's authority. And we say, oh, they operate in a Jezebel spirit. No, no, because they have rule and authority over the things that God has given them rule and authority over. So let's just say I'll, I'll give you better context. A, a um, father, a husband in his household has authority over his family. I'm not talking about dysfunctional, abusive authority, but I'm saying just overall covering an authority over his family to have rule, to set the standards, to set uh, the structure, those things under uh, godly tutelage, tutelage, right? Um, So they have that authority. But another man coming into that man's house does not have the power Or the authority. But when they take the position to usurp the authority of that leader, then they are functioning. They are actively functioning in the spirit of Jezebel and ultimately Satan. Amen? So, you know, um, the point that I'm making is that there are legal authorities That God has orchestrated and ordained. And there are manipulators. That's the reason I said Jezebel simulates authority. Because she cannot emulate authority. To simulate something, it means that you lack the core of the base or the source of that thing. To be able to reproduce in kind what you're reflecting You can simulate an an image in the mirror. I say emu because I'm thinking image and mirror at the same time. You can simulate an image in the mirror, but you cannot reproduce that image in the mirror because it's just a mere reflection of a thing. But you can emulate the embodiment of another uh, human being by taking the source of that and adding to it and reproducing. And I'm not going to get into um, a, a home ec, uh, not home ec, sex ed class to teach y'all about how that's done. But you understand the difference. Simulation and emulation are two totally different things. And to emulate the character and the posture and the identity of God means that you have to be of God and a part of God. But anybody can simulate because as much as you can see and imitate, (laughs) you can do and you can be. A demon can imitate God. Because they've been around long enough, they know him better than some of us. So why is that it important? It's important that we talk about this because these, uh, this demonic spirit is dangerous to the way of thinking for the Christian because we possess the identity of Christ when we call ourselves Christians. We possess the identity of Christ and that narcissistic spirit attempts to change the way that we think. And that's why it's important for us to be educated in this area. God has been dealing with me a lot lately with biblical literacy, going back and getting it for yourself, because I'm telling you the truth. A lot of people have died and are hell bound because they did not get the word for themselves. They were manipulated by the twisted interpretation that people that they trusted presented to them. And this may seem as an extreme, but it is a reality that our Christian history has to deal, we, we got to deal with it. We got to look at it and we got to deal with it. Uh, the, the slave masters here in the United States, not too many generations back, many of them were deceived and manipulated with a social construct that came under the guise of spiritual uh, um. Uh, revelation and they died in their sin they are hell bound but they lived they breathed they walked around as if they were Christian now I'm not saying that you're a slave master but a lot of y'all functioning like y'all you're just as guilty and just as bad as them you may not be whipping slaves and, and killing folk in the natural, but you're assassinating their character. You're beating them down emotionally, morally, spiritually. Come on now. We got to get this. We got to get this because narcissism can cause us to do horrible, horrific, and terrible things. It'll make us lie and manipulate and, like I said, even murder others. And we may not murder in the sense of, you know, I'm going to pull my gun out and shoot and kill you. But some of us even will go to that extreme. As Christians, we have to understand what narcissism is in order to abstain from it. We have to abstain from those behaviors and humble ourselves to God. It is impossible For a narcissistic life to bring any glory to God because it desires, its core desire is to bring glory to itself. As Christians, we must bring glory to God. We must have a life of love, compassion, and service to bring glory to His name. That's why it's important that we get this up front. I started this journey of learning more about the narcissist because <laughs> it it had been a very um directed spirit that has that has come against me over the years of my life even from from my youth even from my youth being raised by a parent who was narcissistic. And when I tell you. That spirit comes after the prophet. It wants to shut down the voice of God. If y'all don't believe me. Go go read up and brush up on Jezebel. We going to talk about her a little bit. But we have to understand. In order to do better in order to do better so a lot of times even in the body of Christ we we have a, an understanding we we have over the years we've touched into it we've tapped into it and we have the information but where i feel that we fall short oftentimes as Christians is that we don't apply wisdom. And wisdom is the application of knowledge. The evolution of the uh, um, life cycle of wisdom begins with data. And data is just, just different components of fact. Feeders into Information. And information is, thank you, Holy Spirit, the substance or context around data. So, data is just a bunch of facts. Information brings context around that data. And information then leads to knowledge. Knowledge is a subject matter context that allows you an understanding of the information that you receive. Come on now. ah, So data is the components of, of facts. Information acts context, and knowledge is the understanding. But the application of knowledge is where wisdom dwells. And we have to get to the point where we apply the knowledge that we have. What good is it to know a thing if you cannot apply it? For many years and generations, we had the data. We we had it. Even if it wasn't in a formal state, we had it. We understood the information. God gave us the information, and for a season of time, we had the knowledge. I I, I can't tell you how many knowledge-based preachers we had out in the 80s and 90s, and when I was coming into the church, we, we were getting the knowledge. The key was applying that knowledge to our lives, and, in, and, and exacting, uh, um, leveraging the wisdom. And so God is bringing us to a place in time where we apply the knowledge that we have for a more effective life and that we live and operate in wisdom. Amen? So that's my assignment to you to, to help get you to where you've got the data, the information You've got the knowledge, and now let's apply it. Let's operate and function in wisdom. All right, so I did a lot on my last podcast. I would admonish you, go back and listen to it. Go back and listen to it. But we were, we were starting to talk about narcissism. And oftentimes, even in the modern-day church, that spirit of narcissism is associated directly to Jezebel, although the Bible throughout <laughs> it it has a lot of narcissistic uh, 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 characters, and I'm telling you, if I ever take a psychology class, I'm I'm gonna do my thesis paper or my uh, dissertation or whatever on some of these characters because I'm telling you, we can we can correlate some of these stuff to real life, you know, behavioral uh, uh, lessons, okay? But anyway, um, we, as a body of Christ, we can relate narcissism to Jezebel. It's just, just the way that we are. We can understand it. And so, in a way, I think that sometimes because we say, oh, that's a Jezebel spirit, and we don't feel like we that far to the, to the right of that, right? We don't feel that we are uh, at the higher end of it. Then we become uh, ignorant to the fact that we are operating and functioning in it because we say, hey, I ain't no Jezebel. But baby, I'm telling you, y'all y'all better take heed to what God is teaching us in this hour. Because it's something about this this spirit it, it seeks to cause us to glorify ourselves and not God. so that's going to be one of the key things. whenever you're functioning in a a, a space of glorification of self self glorification back out of it because that is sometimes the the only little uh, kink in your armor crack that the enemy need to come full-fledged in. And next thing you know, you are operating in a spirit of narcissism, spirit of Jezebel. So psychologists often um, define or describe narcissism as the pursuit of gratification from vanity or egotistic admiration of one's ideal, idealized self-image and attributes. So so that person who, you know, I'm all that and a bag of chips plus some, the t-shirt and all of that. I don't forget all them sayings we used to have. <laughs> you know, we see it in our society all the time with social media, the way that it is. the The, the enemy is slowly lulling us into a state of um, sin and, and being reprobate. I'm telling you, because he wants to put the spotlight on us and on self to where we forget about God. We forget about giving God the glory. We forget that all good things come from God. I don't care who he uses to orchestrate that, but all good things come to God. And when you get that uh, righteous indignation that you feel like you need to get the glory over God, trust and believe God is going to put you in your place. This is why he's sending me to deliver this message so that we get it together. God is a great God. He's a merciful God. He loves us. He loves us. He don't want to see us on the broad path to hell. He wants us to see. He wants to see us on the narrow path to righteousness, to holy living, to a path to heaven. All right. So I got a lot to get through. But be careful with that narcissistic uh, spirit because it is self-flattering. It seeks uh, perfectionism and it is extremely arrogant. But in all of those things, one of the things that you'll learn about that narcissistic spirit, this is is primarily the truth, may not always be, but it is extremely insecure. Extremely insecure. So the term narcissism is based in a Greek mythology story uh, from from their era. And it was about a young man. Uh, His name was Narcissus. Narcissus, S-U-S, is the, the latter part of the name. And he saw his reflection through a pool of water and he fell in love with it. And so he was cursed to have to reflect and see his, I mean, to see his reflection for the remainder of his life. He couldn't focus on nothing. He couldn't do nothing. All he wanted to do was look at his own self. So life passed him away. And if you can imagine, if you focused on self, you're not focused on the things that you ought to be doing. So everything else in his life began to fall apart. So, so when we hear about Narcissus, there is a Greek mythical story. But the truth of the matter is that this demon that we deal with ain't no myth about it. Oh, it's real. It's real, real. <laughs> this demon is real, real. And it comes to be used as an extension of the enemy to steal, kill, and destroy. Amen. I I stated in my last podcast that a lot of narcissists, I, my heart goes out to them, and I'm talking about those who are high on the spectrum. They they actually have the narcissistic uh, personality disorder. I, I I have compassion for all, but especially for them. Because oftentimes, narcissism is developed from unhealed childhood trauma. That's that's where the enemy, see, he's very shrewd in what he does. See, if he was told that the seed of the woman was going to be used to destroy him and that her seed will trample over his head... And he will bruise their feet. See, he's going to start early. I guess he figured, hey, I'm going to get them while they're young so I can just work my work. So when they get older, they'll be so damaged, I can set the attack. So a lot of narcissists um, become narcissists because of unhealed childhood trauma, such as abuse. It could be physical, spiritual, sexual, any form of abuse. Neglect of attention, validation, and appreciation. And then on the other side of it, spoiling a child without accountability. Unforgiveness, resentment, and bitterness from abuse will cause a narcissist to grow up and have narcissistic personality disorder. I told you a lot of times, because I'm an intercessor, and over the years, as God has exercised my gift, and he has trained me to be effective in my prayer, God has given me some indicators of when I'm dealing with people who have suffered from sexual abuse. Oftentimes, almost, almost always, I would say about 80 to 90% of the time when I've dealt with people over the years who, God revealed, have been sexually molested or, or abused, they function in this narcissistic state. And not only that, they have this... It's something about them to where they have this make-believe life that they live in. And, and I'm saying this This not always... You know, I'm not always 100% precise. But it's, it's an indicator. It's something that I use to say, okay, dig deeper in this area. But anyway... For those who have been broken and they're still unhealed, narcissism is, is a defense mechanism that they use to defend themselves in the dis- dysfunction and toxicity that they have experienced in life. It's an unhealthy defense mechanism, but it's a defense mechanism nonetheless. And narcissists oftentimes are not, they're not happy with their lives. It's impossible for you to be happy with your life. You may have some self-gratification, but you're not going to have happiness that leads to joy because it is absent of God. It is absent of anything that is Christ-like. And so oftentimes with narcissists, they have a skewed perspective or or outlook on life. Because the enemy feeds their minds these lies. And I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's significant for us to seek God for healing, let God heal us completely. I don't want to hold on to any pain, I don't want to hold on to anything. That is not God sent, God delivered, or God ordained for my life. Because if we're not careful, that narcissistic spirit will overtake our spiritual journey. For those of you who are listening, it's okay that you have up until today been functioning and operating in the spirit of narcissism spirit of Jezebel we're going to talk about it but what is not okay is to not seek help and deliverance from the Holy Spirit and like I said many are going to require supplemental help to help uproot this thing But a lot of narcissists believe that they're entitled to whatever they want. No matter if it's at someone else's expense because they were wounded or because they were told, I'm great. And so everybody else bowed to me. I'm entitled to what I want. And if you don't give it to me, (laughs) you're going to be dealt with. They also believe that only the strong survive. And if you're weak or ignorant, you deserve to be taken advantage of by them. This is is probably one of the strongest demonstrations of narcissism in my family unit. The bullying and the the, the, uh, abuse that I suffered growing up was because I was perceived to be weak not people not understanding that the love that I was able to have even beyond the abuse and the the things that I endured was actually a strength but we got to deal with it my mother was viewed as weak And so, a lot of the things that I witnessed, that I heard of, that I saw, experienced, the treatment that she endured, was a direct result of that narcissistic um, system that was embedded in our family culture. And I'm not saying it to be a rebel rouser, I'm saying it to be a reflection to say we got to do better. And God has given us this opportunity to learn and to do better. Perceived by many in my husband's family as weak. And people believe that if you're weak, you are one to be taken advantage of. But that's not of God. I'm telling you, we better get the lesson. People They see people as a supply, a resource, a tool to be used by them. A lot of times, me and my kids, when we talk, because we talk a lot. And I thank God for my life experience with my dad. My dad, boy, I tell you, he would sit and talk to us for hours I would even venture to say that my father's children were his best friends. Similar to my mother. My mother and I, we had a beautiful relationship. We talked, boy, I'm telling you, I'm so grateful that in a season of my life, I began to know her as a woman beyond the fact that she was my mother. And we would talk. And so that behavior is something that I picked up and I carry on with my children. So we talk. And so a lot of times when I laugh at people to try to get over, I say, you know, they, they feel like they hit a lick with us. Because of our loving kindness, they think that we are a supply and they can take advantage But that's from that narcissistic uh, um, mentality and spirit that has consumed them into believing that you are a tool that exists only for the support of my desires. They believe that they are to be praised and honored because they are superior or better than others. They believe that anyone who corrects or criticizes them hates them. They believe that they can't trust anybody to do things right. They got to do it for themselves. And it's their way or the highway and only their way is right. They believe that people deserve to be punished for the things that happened to them that they that the, those people had nothing to do with. They think men and women deserve to be punished because of what happened to them. Listen, brother, listen, sis. We know you are hurting. We know you were abused, misused, and, and, and betrayed by those who had rule and authority over you and should have protected you. But we didn't hurt you like they did. We love you better than they do. I had to do some self-reflection uh, recently where I just saw a pattern be, uh, just starting in my life where I was just taking the pain of the suffering that I endured from years of abuse and, and, and bullying and things like that. And I began to judge people before they even did me wrong. And then I started judging their actions based on what other people did. I'm telling you, when that thing was brought to my attention, when the Holy Spirit showed me that, I backed way the way out. All the way out. I said, "Uh uh-uh, no, 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 no. You got to be careful. You got to be We, You got to be sound. Because the enemy is very shrewd. He wants to deceive us. Into believing you you can't leave no cracks open for the enemy to come through. Amen. And another thing that they believe is that they have to bully. Some of them out here bullying folk because they believe that they have to bully or they will be bullied themselves. It's a defense mechanism. Now, what one, one thing I want y'all to, to be cognizant of when you see that somebody is functioning in that uh, Jezebel spirit, that narcissistic spirit, and you ain't seen deliverance. You better beware. You better be careful, cause they're still functioning, and it is just hidden. And Jezebel is very uh, dangerous. Because if you read in the word of God, I want you to go and and read about Jezebel. She killed a lot of prophets. (laughs) She thought she was gonna get Elijah, but she killed a lot of prophets. And I believe it was Jehu and her own eunuchs that took her down. So you gotta be careful. You gotta be very careful. And ask God to give you a godly perspective so that you can see the spirit through the lens of how God sees it, how he portrays it, so that we can apply the knowledge that we receive and operate in full wisdom. Narcissists, as as sympathetic, empathetic, and compassionate, As we are for why they got here. It's imperative that we understand that they are people who've chosen to behave recklessly to get what they want in life. And that they are not deficient in their mental capacity. So there's nothing wrong with their brains. They have made a choice to behave reckless, to continue in this narcissism, especially those who are under the sound of my voice and God is using me as an instrument to bring this to his people. They have unclean spirits and those unclean spirits lead them and consume them and it causes them to lie, and it also lies to them and through them. A lot of times, narcissists don't understand that they are in covenant relationship with these demons. They have the spirits of Jezebel and Leviathan. They are often pride and, and uh, proud and arrogant, selfish, selfish. Deceptive, malice, envious, 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 and jealous. It's imperative that we understand that narcissism is a sin. It is a sin. And so they're sinners, even if they claim to be children of God. They try to blame their actions on the enemy, but you cannot because this behavior is demonic and habitual. And God tells us that we are responsible for all of our deeds, all of the deeds done in our body, and we can't blame the enemy. Y'all better go to 2 Corinthians 5 and 10. As a narcissist, the narcissist is in danger of eternal destruction if they do not repent. So we sit around here because narcissists, they tend to be extremely charismatic, persuasive. And the ones that can lead us into the direction of their desires. So oftentimes we think, hey, it's all right. But if you have a loved one who is functioning in this narcissistic behavior... then I would admonish you to at least intercede and pray for their soul salvation and breakthrough and deliverance. And if God gives you the boldness and he gives you the tools and the authorization, have a talk with them. Help them through it. Because a narcissist can be anybody. You, We, we find them through all walks of life. They can be a part of our immediate or extended families. They can be co-workers, colleagues, in-laws. They can be people in leadership and authority, coaches, instructors, even deliverance ministers. In the church, they write they are in the church, pastors, bishops, preachers. They can be young or old. Listen, we better got to get a handle on these young children self centered everything centered around them i listen when i have my grandbabies i love my babies and when i have them i'm teaching them structure godly structure and organization it's god first helping them to understand their worth versus their value Because value can be subjective to the one who pays the toll. (laughs) Your worth is embedded in what God said you are and who God created you to be. That Jezebel spirit that we see... And some of our entertainers, some some of I, I talked about it earlier with this social media. We got all of these influencers. That Jezebel spirit we see in our churches, through our ministers, our pastors, the the usher board. Folk get a little title and they become ooh a hot mess. Now listen to me, titles I, I don't subscribe to. The belief that a lot of people, oh, a title don't matter. Don't, you know, it identifies or the category of your function. On my job, they call me a senior IT manager. My function is project and program management. In God's kingdom, I am a servant. I am a child of God. Yet he called me to pastor and to minister to his people. Come on, y'all get it. Y'all see where I'm going. But some folk get a, a little piece of a title. You, I mean, listen. <laughs> the church cracks me up. I'm not a comedian. But I'm telling you, some of the stories, if I told them, folk, I think I'm a comedian because they laugh right along with me. But you, you the armor bear, cup bear. Of somebody's sweaty uh handkerchief. And you think you better than everybody in the church. Come on now. That, that whole construct that we created from our own uh lack of relationship with God. It, God is, I'm telling you, God is reforming that mess. If you are having somebody carry your books around, get bringing you not bringing you a drink, you know when you're on the pulpit, that's okay. It's so long as you will go get somebody else a drink. Don't expect nobody to do nothing for you that you ain't willing to do for nobody else. Ain't no masters in the church. That mess is demonic. It is not of God, and He's coming for it. I'm telling you, every narcissist is going to have his day with God. I forgot what was the um. Oh, what was that king name? Oh man, mm, I can't think of it. But I, but y'all remember what? Uh, it was two of them. One of them God turned into a uh, animal, a dog or something, till he acknowledged who God was, and another one put himself up on such a pedestal. Uh, the angels came and struck him down. But I'm, I'm going to get them stories now, y'all. Just keep listening. Give properties a minute to get our mind together. But but we cannot overlook that narcissistic or, or Jezebel or Leviathan or whatever type of spirit that you want to call it. We cannot overlook it. And we got to have better discernment because it'll, it'll hide right in plain sight because it can be charming and 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 charismatic, flattering. It could be a great performer having uh, wonderful talents, a great provider, good-looking, clean, orderly, the pillar of the community. But that thing cannot be uh, overlooked. It's got to be uprooted. And if God exposes a thing, we have to take heed to his warnings because that spirit can can kill what God has designed to live and to thrive. Amen. All right, so I pray that so far this is helping somebody. And this is helping somebody because God wants to expose that narcissistic spirit. He doesn't want us to be deceived any longer. He wants us to be aware of the behaviors and those behavioral patterns of the narcissist. (laughs) The biggest thing I'm telling you, they need to get validation from the attention that others give them. And it doesn't matter if it's positive or negative. And so when they attempt to make you feel bad, it makes them feel good. But we got to start breaking that thing up. They take your kindness as weakness. They really, honestly, feel like kindness is 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 um, weak. It, I, sometimes I just don't understand people. It seems like the ones you try to be the nicest to, and and I don't know why. Well, I do know why. But I have a tendency to draw to or be attracted to the underdog. The one I see everybody picking on, everybody treating like crap. And I'll be the one to try to lift them up, exalt them. And they will take my kindness as a weakness and try to devour me. And I'll be like, okay. All right. The other thing about a narcissist that you have to be careful of, but it is one of the behavioral traits is that they don't feel um, guilt. They, They may feel shame, but they don't feel guilt. Shame is a, I don't want to be seen like this because it may interrupt my agenda. Guilt is, oh man, I shouldn't have did that. Maybe I won't do it again. They get so consumed with the image or the portrayal that they want others to have that they don't want to get it tarnished by exposure. So they'll feel shame, but they don't feel guilt or remorse for their actual uh, actions. And you got two kinds of narcissists. You got the overt one and the covert one. And so the covert one is the one that will mask their behavior as much as possible. But eventually, because of that uh, self-consuming, self-absorbed trait, it'll be exposed. But the overt one, that's the one that's coming out. (laughs) It's going to show you, look, it is what it is. I am what I am. And oftentimes, those are the ones who, you know, they have positions of power. They're very charismatic. They're um, extroverts. The life of the party. Horrible, horrible people. So, I I want you to take the data Be informed by the context of the information. Gain an understanding so that you have the knowledge to apply in your life so that you can begin to walk in wisdom. That if you begin to see or if God turns on the light and you can start identifying these behavioral traits in yourself or through others that you quickly recognize that you are operating as a narcissist or those around you are functioning in that spirit, that stronghold. And so we must learn how to pray and how to war against the spirit. Otherwise, it will consume us and destroy us. But the spirit has multiple traits, but there are predominant traits that the spirit operates in. And listen to me. If a person, whether it be you being yourself or, or others around you, function and all of these behavioral traits, they are in and under the stronghold of Jezebel in the spirit of narcissism. There's no two ways about it. They are prideful. They are proud, boastful. Uh, Extremely sensitive to correction and criticizing. Envious. They are the secret haters. They have no respect for your time, your needs, your belongings, your space, your opinion. It's all about them. They are egocentric. So that's one behavioral trait. They are pervasively arrogant. They devalue you to lift themselves up. You know, those with the superiority complex. They make jokes at your expense. They try to prank to humiliate you, make you look small in front of others. They are arrogant. They feel like they're better than everybody and everybody is beneath them. They lack empathy. They have no empathy towards people. They are incapable of understanding how others feel. When it is not directly related to something that benefits them, empathy is the capacity to understand or feel what another person is experiencing. And you feel that from their frame of reference, their come from state. They cannot feel. Another trait is they must be praised, admired, and validated. They, they're the ones who, who, you know, how they be out there on the corners, and they say, we'll work for food and be begging for money. And I ain't putting nobody down. I'm just saying that's just the reality of our society. They're the ones, they, they come up with a tin can. Can you give me some praise? Can you give me some praise? We'll put on a show for praise. We'll act the fool for praise. Will put you down for praise, will sin and manipulate and destroy families for praise. They must be the center of attention. They're constantly seeking validation from others. They don't rely on the seal of approval from God, but they got to get it from man. And they're very controlling and domineering and manipulative. They force their will on you and then they try to project their behaviors on to others. A lot of people operate or function in some of these traits, but if they are functioning with all of those at the same time, y'all better take a look. Because that narcissistic spirit is somewhere in there. It's dwelling. People can be intimidating, lying, deceptive. They can have false uh, humility, entitlement. You know, masking their true identity, their true personality. Everybody else is the problem or everybody else has a problem. They, they I, I heard this word lately, they love bomb you, that means fake love, try to put you up on a pedestal so they can bring you down. They're extremely vain, they have delusion of grandeur, they feel like they the finest thing, the best thing since sliced bread, everybody wants me, everybody love me. And they project their insecurities and weaknesses onto others. You weak, you you fat, you slow. This is the type of stuff that they say to people or do to people. They're self-centered. They love things and they use people. They are non-reciprocal. They're one-sided. The relationship is one-sided. Your needs will never be met. They're manipulative. They have significant interpersonal problems. They always feel slighted or or will punish you if you tell them no. They are always the villain but act like the victim. They act like children. And they get angry when they don't get what they want. You have to be careful that you are not operating in those traits. And like I said, just because you may have those traits and this is not to give you an excuse because if we're functioning in any of these areas whether we're at the lowest end of the spectrum or the highest we must seek God for deliverance we must seek God to turn from our wicked ways seek his face so that he can hear us from heaven and heal our land and everything in it including our hearts Our souls and our minds. When you try to confront this spirit, it's going to shift the blame and and, uh, accuse you. Refuse to take responsibility. It can't be corrected or held accountable for anything. It'll punish you for standing up for yourself. And it'll vindicate itself and try to get revenge. The one thing that really gets me about this demon is that they start the, the backstabbing uh, smear campaign against you. Very passive-aggressive. Very passive-aggressive. They'll agree with a thing publicly and then turn around and try to undercut you and, and try to collude and get people to come against you. This is another word I learned um, recently, the ghosting. They try to ghost you, give you the silent treatment. Or the worst thing is they give you those insincere prayers. I mean, not prayers, but apologies. Oh, well, if you felt like I did this, I'm so sorry you feel this way. Or I'm sorry you're so sensitive. Come on now. And this this is why I'm going to be honest. This is why I had to be more thoughtful about who I allow within proximity in my inner circle. Because if I can't have a real, real relationship with you, (laughs) and it's not, I'm sorry you feel this way. You did it. You did it. I can't stand uh, when folk, oh, I would never do that. Oh, we would never do this, but you did it. We wouldn't be having this conversation if you hadn't done it. (laughs) Let's just be real. All right. I'm sorry. You know what, girl? You got me. I did it. I did it. But guess what? I'm going to do better next time. And so that I can do better. If you see me going in that direction, can you uh, just nudge me and let me know? I had a conflict at work and, and somebody tried to introduce to me. And it, I, I laugh at stuff sometimes that I ought not. But we go to all these little seminars and we get the data. We get the information, but we skip the whole knowledge part. And we definitely don't get the application of that knowledge because we, we keep skipping steps. But anyway, they regurgitate the things that they learn. And they try to apply it in areas that they don't apply or they try to apply, apply it in, in the wrong way. But anyway, one of the things that was suggested was that now that we have an understanding of what your triggers are, not, not me specifically, but just in this situation, now that we have an understanding of what the triggers are to create this conflict or, or boiling over, can we just have a, a um, sign? You know, if we're in a meeting and and you're doing it, and do you know this joker said to me, <laughs> "Well, my father would always say such and such to me." So, if you say that, that'll that'll bring me back to where my father. I said, "What am I doing? <laughs> no, I'm not doing that." But anyway. <laughs> if we are in relationship and we are trying to better the relationship and become to a and come to a better healthy rapport with one another i need you to show me me when i have those blind spots and when i'm not adequately seeing the impact of my behavior because like i said we we cannot see the intent of the heart So help me, because I love, I love, I love the people that God has centered around me. Even though I got to be careful about who's too close. (laughs) But I love those who God has centered, and I don't want to be the object that the enemy uses to hurt. And sometimes we just, we become that, because we get infused into our own realities and we forget that other people are walking around this life with us and reality shifts based on their experiences and so tell me tell me I'm I'm trainable if folk don't know nothing else about me I'm teachable and one thing about God if God says it I'm going to turn I was hard-headed to my natural parents. I'm telling you, I gave them a run for their money. But God, babe, he ain't got to say it but one time. He ain't got to say it but one time. I'm going to fall in line, all right? But this spirit, it makes you feel weak and small and helpless. It it dehumanizes you. It humiliates you. It exploits you and it makes you feel used and abused. That demon will disrespect you and devalue you. It will come and anger you and depress you. It will give you a loss of confidence and self uh, as, as a person. It will alter and confuse you. It will have you second-guessing and doubting yourself when you know what you know that you know. Come on now. They'll make you feel unsure of who you are, tired and exhausted, drained from them. They'll have you uh, 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 in a state of chaos and take away your peace, stress you out, make you feel like all of the weight is on you. It makes you feel lonely. Gives you anxiety and 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 you know how sometimes we get that bubbling, that sick feeling in our in our stomach. It makes you sad to even be around them. I'm t- when I tell you this thing is real. This demon is real. And so we have to be informed. About how this spirit operates so that we won't uh, be victimized any longer by the spirit functioning in us, through us, around us, with other people. We gotta recognize the traits and the tactics that they use. They use love bombing, devaluation, de- uh, gaslighting, divide and conquer flying monkeys. Now, now, the flying monkeys, that's something they got from um, the Wiz. You you remember how that witch used them monkeys to go about and do her biddings, her, her evil deeds? They use fake apologies. You know, oh, I'm sorry you feel that way. Projections. Now, you know you just stepped on my foot. You gonna turn around and say, I stepped on your foot. You know you stepped on my heart. You gonna turn around and say, I did it to you. Ooh, that demon. They use smear campaigns. Proverbs 17 and 4, I love this. It says, wrongdoers easily listen to gossip, liars, pay attention to slander. So I wouldn't worry about who believe in them. Because that's more of a reflection on them than it is on you. You believe in their lives because you do it wrong. You know, we have to learn how to deal with this demon and deal with this spirit. And God has brought me here today to bring hope, to let us know that we can overcome. We can overcome by praying and fasting taking the data and the information that God has given us, getting an understanding so that we have the knowledge and applying the wisdom in our everyday lives. I'm going to end right here because I do have more to say, but I got to break it into another podcast. Y'all pray for me because I got to learn how to keep my, um, messages a little bit shorter, but maybe not. I don't know. But I got to come back and share another piece that I didn't get to in my notes. And once I get there, then we can move on to the next topic. But I'm telling you, God wants us to deal with this. So I'm going to end right here for today and I'm going to come back with a prayer. Amen. All right. Love you. Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for this opportunity to come before your throne. And Father God, we come to you because we trust you and we believe in you. Father God, we don't come through our own vainglory, but we come, God, because we know that you are a God who is a a compassionate, a loving God who hears your children. And for that, God, we come to you humbly asking that you will hear our prayers and respond to our pleas, Lord God. We come to you because we need your help. We need you, God. We need you to help us to walk right and live right and to be who you're calling for in these last and evil days. Father, we thank you. We thank and praise you for your righteousness, your holiness, for your love, your grace, and your mercy. We celebrate you, Lord God, for imparting in us in the season of our lives, Lord God, for building the foundation, Lord Jesus, of which we shall stand on and live by. Father God, we ask that you look on us each and every one, Lord God, and that, Father, you will forgive us for every sin seen and unseen, known and unknown, Lord God, that we may stand before you through your righteousness. Father God, as we have come and come together to learn from you, Lord God, and you have given us knowledge and information, data, and wisdom around the subject of narcissism, Lord God. And there are many of us who struggle, Lord Jesus, with this prideful spirit that promotes self-centeredness and selfish desires. Father God, we ask, Lord Jesus, that you will help us, Lord God, for any behaviors that are negative or draining, Lord God. And Father, as I lift up those under the sound of my voice, Lord God, I ask for deliverance, Lord God, that you will enter in, Lord God, as we surrender all to you, as we give you our hearts and our minds and our souls, Lord Jesus. To rule and reign, Lord God, and to take full authority over the things, Lord God, that you have authority over. Precious and holy God, Lord God, we pray, Lord God, for those who are battling with narcissism in their lives, Lord Jesus. Father God, no matter who they are, Lord God, we ask that you will help them to overcome by the power of the cross, Lord God. Help them to overcome, Lord God, their prideful focus on themselves, no matter who it is, God. You know those who are struggling to change, Lord Jesus, but they don't have the capacity to change because they're not submitting to your authority, to your blood. That was shed on their behalf, Lord God. The blood of Jesus that will cause all of their sins to be washed away. Father God, expose them to you like never before. Show them who you are. Even those who believe that they have been walking with you for years. Father God, we ask that you will help them to overcome. Help them, Lord God, to see that <clears throat> there's so much more to this life and the life that they live, Lord God than just caring about themselves. Help them to understand, Lord God, that they are not putting you first in their lives, Lord God. Jesus gave us instruction. He said, "He that if there's anyone who will come after him, let them deny themselves and take up the cross and follow him. Father God, I ask that you will speak to our loved ones, those around us, Lord God, and show them that there's more to gain in following you than seeking what this world has to offer them. Father God, help them to see that only you can reveal the ultimate good and freedom, Lord God, that only you, Lord Jesus, can fulfill the void that is in their lives. You are our wise counselor, Lord God, and we pray for your wisdom, Lord Jesus. Even as we confront those who are struggling in this area of narcissism, Lord Jesus. Oh, Father God, that you will help them, Lord God, to overcome the whim of selfishness and desire, Lord God. To be a narcissist, to be self-centered. Help us, Lord Jesus, to speak the right words. Give us the words to speak to our loved ones, to help them, Lord God, to draw them closer to you to show them the folly of their ways, Lord Jesus. Father God, use us as a vessel, Lord God, to speak your truth in their lives, Lord God, in a way that is productive and will cause them to come into understanding. Convict them of the sin, Lord Jesus, that is consuming their lives. Give us wisdom, Lord Jesus, as we encounter those who are struggling with this narcissistic spirit. Give us wisdom as to whether we need to stay or walk away. That, Father God, if they are not repentant and they have no desire to change, Lord God, show us if there is hope of the building of a healthy relationship or if we just need to cut ties. And keep it moving. Father God, we know that you are the great physician. (laughs) And we know that nothing is impossible for you. So we give them over to you and ask, Lord God, that you will bring forth deliverance to the spirit of narcissism. That you will bring forth salvation, Lord God. And that the words that you have given on this topic, Lord God, that they'll receive them that they'll apply them, that we'll all apply them to our lives, Lord Jesus. We need you to move like never before. Because we know and acknowledge that with the spirit of narcissism, Lord Jesus, that we cannot be who you're calling for. And therefore, Lord God, we thank you, we praise you, we honor and adore you. You are a precious God. You are an awesome God. You are righteous and holy in all your ways. Father, we thank you for everyone under the sound of my voice that is seeking your presence, Lord God, that you will expose yourself to them. That you will bring us, Lord God, out of the bondage of narcissism and help us to live a fulfilled life, a life that is pleasing to you. In Jesus' name we pray. As we seal this prayer through our faith, we ask for immediate manifestation of your glory as a result of this prayer, and that you will dispatch your angels to do that which you have commissioned them to do in each and every one of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.